good to all of us, has it? No matter what we've gone through and how many trials and tests and things that we've faced, his mercy and goodness has been much more than we deserve for sure. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 19, verse 15, if you would. Certainly glad to be together tonight, aren't we? Once again, to be able to worship and sing and pray and just magnify the Lord. Revelation chapter 19, verse 15. I'll start with the same thought that I did last Wednesday night. If you're alive at the last day, when this event takes place, you are going to be invited to supper or you are supper. That's right. Totally up to you. I want to be invited to the supper. I don't want to be supper. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And notice where this one was standing. Standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice saying, to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. Wow. So God is throwing a supper. Two different categories of people. One's going to be a marriage supper. This was the other supper. Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. Isn't it amazing that John would write it this way as if God himself was the one throwing this feast? Who's he throwing it for? Birds. Birds. Vultures. All kinds of ravenous birds. And what are they going to eat? Hamburgers, hot dogs, marshmallows? Kings. Catholics. Protestants. Mm. Probably even some ex-message followers if they've made it that far. Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God that ye may eat the flesh of kings. Wow. Wow and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sat on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. Now, I'll pause right now. So anyone who can tell me, you've got the opportunity right now, to tell me what you've ever been through as a child of God, that'll be more difficult than this. 
I don't care what you've been through, how hard your way's been, how difficult it's been. You'll be so hidden, Jesus, when this takes place, there ain't enough devils in hell can reach you. As a matter of fact, you'll be part of those that'll be watching this. So give me Jesus. Give me Christianity. Give me tests, trials, all that goes with it. Is that the way you feel tonight? Let's bow our heads together. Ask him to help us as we look into his word. Heavenly Father, as we gather once again tonight in your presence, we want you to know that we are thankful for the truth that has made us free. We can see so many parallels just in these few verses that we've read tonight. The difference between the bride and the church of those who follow popery, those who follow the Antichrist, the beast and the false prophet. We're so grateful that you've opened our eyes, Lord, and helped us to see the truth of the matter. We're grateful tonight, Lord Jesus, that you've given us a desire to live for you, to serve you, to be your people. We don't want just to be church members. We're not interested in church entity. We are interested in you and your way and your will for our lives. Help us tonight, Father, as we look into your word. For it's in the name of the word we ask it, the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> In studying these verses, I find it's amazing of the parallels that run between the people of God and those who are not the people of God and how God does things. In verse 15, it says, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. Now we know that Hebrews 4 tells us that the word of God is like a sword and it goes forth dividing asunder, separating marl and bone and dividing even the spirit from the soul. So we either get that dividing effect of the word now or we get it later. Give it to me now, Lord. So out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations. Now here we're looking at the divine judgment of God that has been stored up for all of these years. By this time the power of the beast will have moved from the state of Satan's superman. It will move past the state of of the false prophet. Remember, Satan has a trinity as God has one. God is manifested in three different offices of the Godhead. And Satan also has a trinity by which he manifests himself. By now, it will be on that final stage to where the chief head demon has moved out of his position of the Pope on the earth. And when the bride goes up, Satan comes down and the head demon goes out and Satan himself comes in. Now, it began in the first church age as far as with this Catholic move. And it started actually not 
in 325, not in 370, but it actually started on the day of Pentecost. Now, that's what the prophet said, so don't argue with me about it. But it was from there that it began to impersonate the original word. Now, there were people, of course, that got born again and got the Holy Ghost, and there were other people that the Bible says was added to the church. Well, you see, that started a move that would pick up momentum all down through time. And I hate to say it, but I might as well tell the truth, that we find the same thing that has happened in the last days with this message, that there are some that are born of the Spirit of God and then there are others that are just changed over from being a Baptist or a Methodist or a Church of Christ or a Church of God or a Presbyterian and intellectually someone talks to them about the message and they begin to reason. And they say, you know, I, I, I can see that. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Well, yeah, I can see that. My, I've never seen that before. That is really something that makes sense to me. But you know, many times it's just intellectual power and it is the power of the mind. And someone can present the truth to you in such a way and it convinces you that it is right. But if someone can talk you into it, somebody else can talk you out. So we've been seeing that, of course, in the last several years, that many that sat around the message for years and years, and now they think that it's not right. Now they think they've wasted all these years of their life, and now they've taken a stand against it, and they are fighting the very word that they helped propagate years and years ago. Is that right? And we know that as we go on, it's prophesied to be that way. But just keep this in mind, and we'll probably get to it tonight before we finish, that the prophet tells us in the church age book, those who fight against the word of God, the word of God will fight against them. So I don't want it to be against me. If I have to fight every one of you, if I have to fight against every member of my family, if I've got to fight every person in Johnson City, let me fight them. I ain't talking about with my fists now. I'm talking about a stand for what's right. Let me do it. If every one of you turn your back against me and you hate me, absolutely hate me and wouldn't even shake my hand if you met me on the street. But if I'm standing for what's right, I'd be better off than I would to compromise with you and us all wind up going to hell together. That's right. So God is actually going to turn against the nations. Now remember, it won't just be one nationality. It won't be just one king. But there's going to be a gathering of kings because this battle that we're talking about is in the valley of Jezreel or the, the valley of Megiddo, the valley of Jehoshaphat. It's called several different names in the Bible. It is what we commonly know in the New Testament as the battle of Armageddon. It is going to be the last battle quite like this. And it will be the elect that will be coming out of heaven meeting the deceived. The false prophet prophesied them right into it. Well, if they were prophesied into it, it shouldn't be strange to us that a true prophet 
prophesied us into the truth. Well, praise the Lord. They were prophesied into it by a false prophet. Well, thank the Lord. So here the lamb is going to meet them and John says out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nation. Notice it doesn't say that Jesus has a sword on his side. It doesn't say he has a spear. It does not say that any of those of the armies, which is plural in Revelation 19, none of them have swords, spears, None of them have weapons to even fight with. None of the armies that are noticed with him have helmets. They do not have greaves. They do not have one implement of war. But they are dressed in the most peculiar manner that any army has ever appeared on the earth. They are dressed in fine linen, clean and white. Who would go to fight a battle with a white suit on? Who in the world would go, isn't that what you wear to a wedding or a wedding supper? Well, of course, that's where we just come from. And we've got on the garments that was very fitting for where we were and they are so fitting to where we were and where we are going, we don't even have to change clothes. And we don't have to drag out a sword or a spear or put greaves on our legs or, or a helmet or nothing like that. You know why? Because we are actually not going to do one thing in this battle. We are simply there behind our husband, which is our king. And we are there to back him up simply by showing up. Well, glory. Well, you know, it's kind of like coming to church. And some of you think, well, I don't do much and I, I, I don't get up and sing a special and I don't speak in tongues or I don't prophesy. But just you being here, oh my, and nodding your little old head and saying amen and raising your hands, you showing up is such a support to me. It's such a support to everybody else and to Brother Louie and the song leader and the musicians and so on. So you being here is a great thing. Well, that's kind of the way it's gonna be at this battle. I'm not gonna have to pull out a sword. You're not gonna have to pull out a sword. But all I'm gonna do is give my bodily presence and I'm gonna back up the king. So I ain't gonna worry about getting dirty. I won't have to run through the dry cleaners and get all the wrinkles out of my clothes because I'm simply gonna show up and back up my Lord. Now why? Because that's exactly what I did here on the earth when I was here as a mortal. So once I'm changed, I simply get a new body and my role has changed, but my makeup is exactly the same. I'm on the right side of the war. You see, everybody today in the age that we're living is on one side of the other of a war. The war is going on between light and darkness. I trust tonight we are on the side of the light. Now notice how that John brings this in in a parallel 
to the prophecies of the Old Testament. Now this is messianic, of course. Uh, one of the Psalms uh, that, that verifies this is Psalms 2, which is considered to me a messianic Psalm. And there's many of them in Psalms, also Zechariah 14, Zechariah 7. And many of the Old Testament prophesied uh, Ab- Obadiah, Habakkuk, Zechariah, Zephaniah. Many of them said that there would come a time that this ruler would come upon the earth and he would rule the nations with a rod of iron. Now, it does not say he's gonna rule the bride with a rod of iron because the bride won't be stubborn. But apparently there's gonna be some people in this new kingdom that will still need disciplinary action by a rod. Now, you can't imagine anybody in a glorified body being that way, can you? So who's it going to be? It is the answer to the Messianic Psalm, Psalm 2. Ask of me the heathen, and I will give them to thee for thine inheritance. Now remember the prophet tells us that there will be those who never had the opportunity to hear the truth, and they will be raised after the world has been changed in this nuclear explosion, and they never had the opportunity to hear the truth. So they will be raised in the the reign of the son of David, the millennium reign and they will give be given the opportunity to choose. Now will I follow the son of David or will I follow the devil at the end of this thousand years? Now I know it seems almost impossible but there will be countless of numbers of these people that have lived on the earth with you You've been here in a glorified body. You could appear, disappear. You lived right there. If you'll read Ezekiel 44 through 48, you'll find that the son of David, he will be the one that enters in the eastern side of the temple. It'll be only for entrance and exit for him alone. And the prophet tells us that that is the millennium temple. It will be there as a memorial of all the sacrifices down through the ages. And it will be the elect of God that will live inside of those gates and courts but there will be people that live outside of there and they are there in natural human bodies. Now they're not glorified bodies and they don't have eternal life but they will be there and if they don't show up to church, now I know some people, they don't like going to church and sad to say some of those folks in the millennium, they won't want to go to church either. Now what what will happen is that if they don't go to the house of God and show up when they should, then the sons of God, which will be judges, magistrates, mayors, governors, however it will be subdivided in this new kingdom domain, they will be given authority. And we know that the prophet said that if they don't show up to worship at the Feast of Tabernacles, then the sons of God will say, because you wasn't in church last Sunday, you're not getting no rain next month on your crops. Oh my, well I figured that'd make anybody want to go to church and you didn't get no rain. Now remember, this is going to be natural people in non-glorified bodies. So you'll be standing there telling them and all of a sudden you'll just disappear and you'll be sent over there and you'll go over here because this is where the sons of God are gonna be fully manifested. Jesus said to the disciples, because you have ruled with me in my pain and my sorrow, you will also rule with me and you will judge the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. So the 12 tribes will be set up in tribal order outside of the the great temple itself. And there will be the saints of God. Now remember in this time frame, we will be there in glorified bodies. It was a very description of the Mount Transfiguration when the Lord Jesus was carried up. 
So there was the Lord Jesus, the Son of, Son of God, glorified in a human body. There was Moses, which represented the dead that was raised. And there was Elijah, which represented those that did not die. There they were up on top of the mountain. There was Peter, James, and John, another category of people. There was also another category of people down at the foot of the mountain. And the prophet picks that up and said it was a description of the coming of the kingdom of the Son of God in the millennium. So there will be people there that was raised, they died, they were raised. There will be those like Elijah, which will be us, that will be alive and remain. And there will be those like the apostles, and then there'll be those living down at the bottom of the hill, and they will be the ones that don't even understand really what's going on. Now it's hard for us to imagine, but at the end of the millennium, when Satan has been bound at the onset of the millennium, then he will be bound by a chain of circumstance. He will have nobody to work through. Is that right? Then whenever the millennium is over, he will be loose out of his prison for a little season. And he will gather together, Gog and Magog, he will come and gather them from the four corners of the earth. Who is this going to be? It's going to be people that live during the millennium of a thousand years and they were not born again and they made up their mind, I do not want Jesus Christ. I hate him. I hate his kingdom. I hate his people. Don't you understand? Some people, whether they live in the millennium or in the Garden of Eden or if they live in Laodicea, if you give them a 1,000 years, 5,000 years or 10,000 years, when it's all said and done, they still ain't gonna serve him. He give you five years, 10 years, 16 years, 20, whatever it was, you give your heart to him, you fell in love with him and you've been totally smitten ever since. Praise be to God. Aren't you glad it did take you a thousand years to make up your mind you want to serve God? And some people, they live. Can you? It's just hard for us to imagine. I know when you're thinking that the lion will lay down by the lamb and the ox and the bullock and animals will go back to their pre-Eden condition and the earth within itself will not be in the eighth day condition, of course, but the earth will be brought back into the status as it was before that it fell. So the earth will no longer be tilted on its axis of 23 and a half degrees and the temperature will be exactly the same as it was before it ever fell from the Garden of Eden. And there there will be, oh my, the, the sun, according to the book of Isaiah, the sun will be seven times brighter than it is right now. Don't you understand what happened to that? Whenever God knew that the tolerance must be made in the creation of the earth and the universe to allow for the earth to fall. If not, there's no way it would have ever stood. It would have went out through eternity, just out through the universe and would have got into a black hole or whatever and exploded. But God knew that man would fall and man Man's home would fall with him. And God made the earth on a tolerance so the earth could till at 23 and a half degrees and not annihilate, even though it stands out there turning around as a top. And God gave the moon, which is our closest star, the ability, averaging 239,000 miles away from us, a gravitational pull that helps us and it keeps us lined up. That's another reason you need to go to church because the church is like the moon. So when the world goes to pulling on you, you go to church and God has ministry there, said don't do this and don't do that and don't do something else. And what's it do? It helps pull you back in line. Praise the Lord. So whatever God knew that it would come to this place, when we come back to the millennium, what will it be? It will be under the reign of the son of David. 
for there for a thousand years and here will be the Lord Jesus sitting upon the throne and then the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that David himself will be a prince among the people. So here will be the son of David sitting on the throne and there will be King David as we know him walking around just worshiping, shouting, playing his harp, whatever he's gonna do and there we will be in glorified bodies and there will be all these tens of thousands or maybe even millions of people living on the earth in human bodies. They're not aging, they're not turning gray, they're not going to doctors. Imagine there won't be one valid health center, there won't be one med center, there won't be one surgery, there won't won't be one eye doctor, there won't be no strep throat, there won't be no flu, there won't be no cold. I wish somebody would preach with me tonight. There won't be one thing going on. Nobody will ever get up in the millennium with a headache. Nobody will ever have a backache or a toe ache. And the Lord God kept every one of those millions of people well and they never got sick and they still don't want to serve him. Can you imagine living under the mercy of God? Hey, friend, they're living under it right now. Every sinner that breathes the breath of life today, God Almighty gave them that breath. They woke up this morning and they was in the right mind. God Almighty gave them that. Do they thank him? No. Some of them say they don't even believe there is one. See how blessed you are. See how blessed you are that you won't eat your meal till you bow your head and say, thank you, Lord. Even when you're going through trials, you say, thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. I'm afraid our walk with God becomes so common to us, we don't even realize how blessed we are, how favored we are in the eyes of God. He's given you your right mind. He's given you a desire to serve him. He's given you a desire to live for him right in the middle of hell. You have got a made of mind. You've got a changed heart. You've got something inside of you that says, I'll not turn back. I don't want the world. I want Jesus. Give me Jesus and his mercy. Oh my. So let folks laugh. Let them ridicule. I really don't even care. It ain't gonna slow me down. It ain't gonna stop me. Well, praise the Lord. Now, John goes on to say that he treadeth the winepress of the wrath of Almighty God. You see, again, we see a parallel of whenever John saw him and another one of his many visions, that he sees the Lord Jesus as he comes out of the vat. And he says that he walked it alone. Isaiah prophesied the same thing. Now John is seeing him in a different way. It's another vat. But the grapes are not the sins of his people. The grapes are the sinners, the wicked, the unbelievers, and what's he doing? He's crushing them. The lowly, lovely, wonderful, merciful Lord Jesus. But now he's not merciful when this happens. I know it's hard for the world that we live in to imagine such, but one day our God will have no more mercy. Not one speck of mercy left. Uh, I want it now while there's plenty of it, don't you? Yeah. 
So they are likened to the cluster of grapes. And here he comes and he's, he's treading and mashing and pressing and squeezing. Oh my goodness. He shall inflict the judgment of God on this advent. Now notice in verse 16. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords. So the king rides at the head of his armies, plural. And John sees him, as I mentioned to you last Wednesday, in a similitude of what it would have been for a conqueror in that day. That they would wear their long robe and then they would sit there with their, their breeches on and they would have a, a tunic, short tunic under it. And they would have their name printed or embellished down the side, either side of their long robe. And it would be parted about here and they'd flow on either side of the horse. So your John says that he had a name upon his thigh. So it was laying here. This part of the garment was laying on either side of his thigh. And he was king of kings and lord of lords. So the king rides at the head of the host. Nobody should have any question about who he is. His power is absolutely, absolutely universal. His control now is beyond question. His ability to devour and destroy, no one can even question it. And yet, they will come up in such deception. They will attack the glorified Lord Jesus and you and your glorified body. Can you imagine how deceived that people will be when they see millions of people coming out of heaven? Millions of people coming out of heaven as they gather in the valley of Jezreel and they look up and here is all of these people, thousands times thousands and millions of them coming out of heaven and the Lord Jesus leading these gallant armies and these people get out their guns and they get out their hand grenades and they get out whatever equipment that they're using, their laser weapons and whatever more and they say, we're gonna kill them. We're gonna kill them. I say, are you crazy? They're just as crazy now by thinking they can destroy this word. People are out of their mind thinking they are gonna destroy a message that Almighty God sent from heaven. They're gonna destroy the church of the living God when God himself was the one who founded his church. Oh my. You see this imagery projects to us the conquering king. Oh goodness. What follows him? A purified Holy Ghost church. <laughs> Displaying his triumphant power to the nations. Now, it won't just be him against the Russians, him against the Ukrainians, or him against, you know, Europe. It will be all the nations under the United Nations. You imagine John must have wondered about this because at this time, 96 AD, whenever this was written, there was no UN. So they never even thought of such going on. Now, of course, they had people that they would be able to buy in that day by conscripts, and they would be able to buy certain army mercenaries, and they would come and help them. But you might get an army from Babylonia, or you might get an army from Assyria, but never could it have been said like this, that all the nations of the earth would gather. I can imagine some of the unbelievers in the days of John said, who ever heard of such a thing? 
that all the nations are gonna gather together. Why that can't even be. If they couldn't even gather together. How would it even be? But you see, this was prophetic. And will they do it now? Sure, all they gotta do is start out sending a plane today and they can be over there by tomorrow and another nation send them and they'll be right there. They'll gather together, fulfilling prophecy to the letter. You see, friend, God don't make no mistakes. So if God's promised you and give you a word, don't let the devil rob you from it. Keep holding right on to it. You see, they will be strengthened by him. He is now projecting his power as being invincible. (laughs) Glory. Invincible. So the great conflict of the host is now set. Notice in verse seven, and I saw an angel standing in the sun And he cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. You mean almighty God will call birds to come and pick out the eyes of human beings and birds will tear the skin from their arms and the skin from their torso, and the skin from their legs, and birds, God, the loving God. You see, this makes some of you nervous. Much less denominational Laodiceans. We don't like hearing this, do we? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm sorry, this is part of your father. Any of y'all ever get a spanking by your earthly father? Okay, I understand why some of y'all so mean then, you didn't get enough. Well, did you ever get one by your mother? Yeah. What about Aunt Mary and Aunt Lucy and Uncle Fred? Well, so, so you have got spankings before, right? Or did y'all get this? One, two, 3,832. So that was the side of my father. I don't mind telling you, I was afraid of. My daddy never spanked me very many times. He didn't have to. All he had to do was threaten me. That's right. My mama, my mama, you know, little short thing, bless her heart. But I'm telling you, she could flat warm you up. I got a whoop in about two or three weeks before me and Carol got married. And I opened my big mouth and said something disrespectful to my mama. And we're standing out there. She was hanging up clothes on the clothesline. I was fixing to drive to school. I was a pretty big boy. So I'm standing up about as tall as I am now. And I said something smart to mama. She said, Donald Lee Reagan Jr., don't you say that to me. And she took that hand. I mean, she warmed me up where I sat down. I didn't feel like sitting down for a few minutes after she got done, and I deserved it and a whole lot more because I was very disrespectful to her. Well, come on now. I know some of you act like you ain't, but you was. You might as well say amen. And this is a sign I didn't like seeing. I didn't like what I got. I didn't like what I felt. I enjoyed mama's love and mama's arms, and mama kissing me on the cheek. I enjoyed that a lot more than I did them whoopings, but I'll tell you one thing, it made me realize my mama might be short, and my mama might have been older than me, but my mama could still wear me out. That's exactly right. Now this is a part of God that people want to, they want to bleach him out and wash him free from all this. Oh no, this is part of who he is. 
I don't mind telling you if it wasn't for the blood of the Lord Jesus, I would not want to meet him this way because I know what I would get if I got what I deserved. It would not be good. If you got what you deserved, it would not be good. But I'm not going to get what I deserve. I'm going to get what he wanted me to have. Grace and mercy and forgiveness. Thank God. What's the prophet in the fourth seal? He feeds them here to the beast and the birds. Watch over in the book of Revelation. Kill with a sword and death and beast of the earth. See, the Jezebel church, her body is to be eaten by fowls and beasts. You remember that woman in the Bible whose name was Jezebel? You remember what the prophet with the spirit of Elijah on him said? The dogs will lick your blood, Ahab. Mm-hmm. And said about Jezebel, what happened to her? When Jehu trampled her under his feet. And he said, she's the daughter of a king. Go out there and get her body and bury her. There was nothing left but the palms of her hands and her feet. So the beast ate the body of Jezebel. I'll tell you one thing. You all are happy tonight. You ain't Lutherans. You're happy tonight. You ain't some denominational something. You really going to be happy then. Oh, yeah, because if you are found in that Jezebel system, dog meat and bird meat, you will be. Oh, I know that sounds cool and I realize I will not win a popularity contest by preaching it. But I don't reckon I'm running for one in the first place. But if I can knock you out of going to hell, if I can preach you out of winding up in such a spot, it'll be worth it, brother, sister, because this is as real as it can be. It's gonna come to pass. There's nothing that can stop it. Oh, my just exactly like Ahab and Jezebel, he says, was in the natural, so are they to be in the spiritual form of the church. Do you see what I mean? God says, come and gather yourselves together. I'm gonna throw you all a supper. So over lays the body of a magistrate, over the body of a king, over the body of a mighty man. There lays the body of a pauper right by him. There lays the body of a corporal. There lays the body of a captain. Birds won't make no difference to them, will it? The beast won't pick over a captain and, well, look at his stripes there. I'll respect his stripes. No, you just go ahead and eat him. You say, Brother Donnie, that's awful. I know it is. And what's more awful about it is they didn't have to be there. They could have chose Christ. Oh, you mean they could have been bride? No, you don't choose to be bride. You choose not to go to hell. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Even if they're not bride, they don't have to be lost. If you don't want, I'm afraid God will send me to hell. You'll go to hell because you choose to. 
There's not a person in this place tonight that has to be lost or has to go to hell. My brother, sister, there's nothing that can stop you. The prophet said, if I want to be saved, God has got to make a way where I can put my foot and say, this is the right way. Oh, hallelujah, you don't have to be lost. So the first half of Revelation 19 is the marriage supper of the Lamb. Last half of Revelation 19 is the great supper of God. The supper for the dogs, the bears, the wolves, the coyotes, the birds. Oh my goodness. Wow. The great God is saying, hey, it's supper time. Wow. So when is supper time? Now probably it varies for some of you all depending on what time you get in from work. Five, five thirty, six. Some of y'all refined folks call it dinner. But Brother Ram said, you northerners, he said, they call that dinner. He said, where's my supper? I feel like I missed a meal. Why is God calling it supper? Because it's the last meal of the day of man. (laughs) The last meal of the day of man. It is the dawning of a new day. The son of David. Oh, praise be to God. Notice in the Pergamian church age, the beast made war with the saints, but God will now make war with the beast. You see the parallel of how it runs? They stand against you, he'll stand against them. The world persecutes you, laugh at you, make fun of you, one day he'll laugh at them. Friends, don't don't do wrong. Don't don't treat people wrong. No matter what people do to you. We don't live under that law, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth, and a foot for a foot, and a converter for a converter, and a lie for a lie, and a cheat for a cheat, and a Facebook poke for a Facebook post. No, let, let them live that way. But you live by a higher law. Jesus said if they take you to the court to sue you and they want your coat, let them have your coat. So Slewfoot done that, ain't it? That's all right, devil. We ready for you. He didn't like that hot part, did he? Why, we're fixing to throw his hide down in hell. Well, let him go ahead. We got several more to pick from here. Let me just go ahead and tell you, we are gonna conquer that liar. We are gonna conquer that devil. He is gonna be defeated by the power of God and he knows his days are numbered. He gets all tore up just hearing about it. Notice the beast made war with the saints. 
but God will make war with the beast. Don't you see those who attack us and those who attack this message and those who attack the scripture and those who attack the program of God? You understand what it is? It's a forerunner of the beast power. And God's keeping a record of it all. And God will remember. And God said, you fought my son. You fought my daughter. Now answer to me. I never was a fighter. As far as when I was a kid. And I don't mind telling you, I had some sisters. Woo! One day there's a boy picked on me on the bus. He started hitting me. My sister between me and Harry, she jumped on him like ugly on ape. <laughs> she turned him every way but loose. My sister Cheryl, my and Harry's sister Cheryl that passed several months ago. Y'all remember that, five, six months ago, whenever it was. And my, somebody had jumped on one of our, our siblings. Cheryl walked out there, held up her hand before the school bus driver and stopped the school bus driver. Stepped up on the bus and he said, now Cheryl, now Cheryl. She said, sat down, Eulen. She got on that bus and went back and found that person that had done whatever it was they'd done and said, I'll tell you one thing. You better not do so and so. You hear me? Oh, that ain't nothing compared to what it's gonna be one day. Oh, glory! When the Lord Jesus said, you took Polycarp's life, you stood against Luther, you stood against Wesley, you stood against Pentecost, you stood against my Elijah prophet, you stood against my bride, now I'm here to defend them. I am here in their defense. You stood against them, now come and take on me. Come and take on me, you Baptist. Come and take on me, you denominational. Come and answer to me. You picked on my wife. I believe with all my heart I'm bride. But just in case I ain't, I'm being good to her. She'll speak for me that day. Well, glory. I'll tell you one thing, I don't like so-and-so, you better be careful who you're talking against. Oh, you won't have Cheryl to answer to. You won't have Tammy to answer to. Maybe some of you had a big brother or a big sister and they'd claw your eyes out. I'll still bear a few scars in my face where Tammy got a hold of me, bless her heart. But it ain't nothing like standing before the wrath of God. And God says, you picked on my bride for 2,000 years. Now I'm gonna throw you down in hell, you beast and you false prophet. You're going straight to the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone. Listen to this quote, friends. You're talking about powerful. The beast made war with the saints, but God will make war with the beast. Those who fought the word will one day find the word fighting them. He goes on to say it is a serious thing to take from or add to the word of God. For those who changed it and did with it 
as it suited them. What will their end be but death and destruction? So let's be careful how we handle God's word. Let's be careful how we handle the message and we pull a quote here and pull one there in the scripture, here in the scripture, there. Let's make sure that we're running in continuity. Praise the Lord. Because you see, if we do it for our own agenda, our own program, our own kingdom or whatever more, God himself will make us answer for that one day. Well, come on, don't get scared. That you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and them that sat on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him. <laughs> he got all these odds against him. It really ain't fair for them, I mean. You could take all the armies of the world and put it against him, and it still ain't fair for him. Hallelujah. I got news for you. Whenever the devil attacks you, I don't care how many he's got bothering you, each one of us, who knows how many is assigned to us in the last days to, to torment us and to try to bring sickness and heartache and trouble, worries of the mind. Who knows how many demons we wrestle with day in and day out, but it still ain't fair. I mean for them. I mean for them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If I've got 5,000 demons attached to me, it's not even a fair fight because I've got heaven on my side. I've got angels on my side. I've got the Lord Jesus on my side. I'm done prophesying. I am gonna win this battle. I'm gonna win this war. When I read this, it reminds me of the insanity of the world then, and it proves to me the insanity of the world now shows how close we are to this. Because some people get up of a day and they think like this. Now today, I'm a woman. And they shave their beard. And they put on their manly britches and their manly shirt and their manly shoes and on and on and on. But if they think... They're a woman. You need a belt tucked to your hide. You can imagine some man now getting up, his chest looks like a gorilla, smells like a polecat, and saying he's a woman. Someone from North Carolina, a teacher, told me not long ago that they've had to start putting out litter boxes in school because some of the school kids think they're cats. One of the brothers sitting in your presence tonight was speaking to me the other night about it and saying that some of them go by this certain identity that they call themselves and they're bringing them to school on leashes because they're dogs and cats and animals. What is it? Insanity. Hallelujah. Brother Donnie, I thought as you got older, you'd get easier. You thought wrong, didn't you? 
Why should I get easier now? We're almost home. We don't want to compromise now, children. We're almost home. Lord have mercy, we should be able to see the lights right there in front of us. It ain't time to quit. It ain't time to turn back. It's time to keep on fighting and keep on pressing the battle and say, out of my way, devil. You ain't stopping me. You ain't turning us around. We're pressing the battle. So I wonder if it'd work like this in the morning that I'd get up and say, Ding. I'm a millionaire. Now, why did you all think that was funny? <laughs> or maybe, maybe the day after tomorrow, I'll get up and say, Ding. Everybody in the world loves me. <laughs> you even laugh more on that one. Lord, children, where are we? This shows you leading up to this that the insanity of these people and they gathered the armies together to make war against him. Against him that sat on the horse and against his army. They said, good Lord, that's Darrell Ward at 19. There's John Onyak. There's Gil. There's Donnie. There's Larry. I never did like him in life. I'm about to get him down. And they gather together with this in mind. I hate these people. We're going to fight them. You got to be kidding me. So you can imagine me in the morning getting up and said, I'm going to think away this Arctic blast. You might think away one of them ice creams called Arctic blast but that's probably about as close as you'll get. So you can see the mindset of these people. We're going to attack them. We're going to defeat Jesus. We're going to defeat these bunch of holy rollers. No, you're not. You won't then. And let me bring on down to tonight. You won't now. Brother Donnie, how many of the saints have died with cancer and died with this cancer, defeated him? No, it never. What happens to the body of a child of God when they've got cancer, some terminal disease, and people say, well, they lost their battle. I beg to differ with you. That child of God moved out of that body, moved into a theophany in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and what happened to the cancer? The cancer was the one that died. The Alzheimer's is the one that died. The leukemia is the one that died. That child of God never died. They're more alive than you and I are tonight. So here they come. Now watch in verse 20. Let me see if I can find a place you're close. And the beast was taken. And with him the false prophet. Now notice two. Beast and false prophet. That wrought miracles before him. How many of us believe in real miracles from God? 
But just because a person performs miracles does not mean they're bride. Jesus said, they'll stand before me in that day. Lord, I cast out devils in your name. I've done this and that and the other in your name just because a person has miracles. Look, friends, I saw enough in Pentecost. It would absolutely stagger you. Some of the things that we saw in Pentecost and come to find out some of the people performing their signs was living with three or four women living in adultery and everything else and yet signs and wonders and miracles like you ain't never seen in the message. But did that make them real and genuine, Brother Larry? No, they were off the word and their soul wasn't right with God. And this false prophet, listen to how the Bible says it, and the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him. Don't you see what it is? It's an antitype of the Godhead. The beast, what's the beast? A power. And the false prophet was testifying that this power is true. So the false prophet was saying, y'all better come and join up. Y'all better come and join up with this power. Let me show you why you need to. And then he'd call fire out of heaven. And they would say, oh my, oh my, that must be true. The false prophet was testifying of the power of the beast. Where did Satan get this at? Impersonated it from God. God sent a genuine prophet. A genuine prophet testifies of not the beast power, but the Holy Ghost power. Is that right? Then what do we do? We say, oh, praise God. That's a vindicated prophet of God. We better listen to what he's got to say. And Satan said, that's a perfect thing. I'm gonna do the same thing. Oh, my. Wrote miracles before him with which he deceived them which had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Now this is so amazing because all humans who have died since the fall of man that were lost There's not one human in the lake of fire. No, they're in Hades. Sheol, place of the grave. Well, you see the the parable. Yep, that's what it was, a parable. The prophet said God never throws a human, a a human being, into the lake of fire without first coming through judgment. Look how horrible these guys are. They don't even have to be judged. They're judged by the sword that come out of his mouth. Children, don't you understand when we sit here in church like this and the Spirit of God comes out like a sharp sword, what do y'all want me to do, bring jelly beans? Y'all want me to bring jelly beans? It's Christmas time and everybody's ho, 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 and merry, merry, merry. And everybody's sweet and all kind of loving. Yeah, then they run over to get a parking spot at Walmart. And then, brother, the day after Christmas, you get in that return line and what happened to that loving, sweet spirit of Christmas? Well, you know what happened to it, it left. But you know what? I don't want that type of spirit. I want a spirit that when that word comes and boy, it severs me. You say, Brother Don, it cuts me all to pieces. It don't just cut you, it cuts me. Amen. A preacher gets cut both coming and going just like you do. But I say, praise the Lord. That means he loves me. He's separating me right now with that sword as it's coming out of his mouth. Separating me from anything that would hinder my walk with God. Lord, let me have it now. Now watch how the prophet brings this and I'll close. Notice Nicolaitia, the Antichrist teaching that started in the days of Paul against God's word. Then he's called again the false prophet when the teaching 
become a man. Wow. When the teaching become a man. So in the days of Paul, there was no pope. There was no vicar. So it was a teaching that went out a saying. A saying. Then the teaching become a man when they made him a vicar and gave him a triple crown. So the teaching become incarnate in a man's body. Now I wonder where in the world the devil got that idea at. He got it from God because God's teaching and prophecies from the Old Testament became a man, Jesus Christ. I hope you understand. God don't want you to just memorizing what's on the tapes. God don't want you to just memorizing the quotes in the books. But God wants that teaching to become people. Oh, glory to God. God wants the teaching of the message to become people. And when the teaching of the rapture comes into our bodies, it'll change them. It'll change them. Amen. We don't want just rapture quotes. We don't just want rapture talk. We want rapture power. When the teaching of the rapture becomes us. He was a prophet to the teaching of the hierarchy the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. The Pope was the prophet to the false word that made him a false prophet. Third stage is a beast, a man that's crowned in the last days with every power that pagan Rome ever had because a seven-headed beast dragon was cast out of heaven and come incarnate in the false prophet. Here it is. He had seven crowns and was cast out and thrown unto the earth. What are we saying? Who is this rider? Now remember, this is when he's breaking the seal. This is the first seal. Who is this rider? You know what it is? Satan's Superman. Except it's not Clark Kent. He's not stepping into a phone booth. He's stepping into a pope. And he changes his costume. And when he comes out, he's Satan's Superman. And the world will need such a man because financially, in war, and all kinds of things going on in the earth, they'll be looking for somebody to help us. As they were in 1939, whenever Germany was crying for a Superman. But our Superman's done come. What'd he come for? A superwoman, of course. <laughs> the super couple's fixing to go to a super rapture. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you super ready? Are you super sick of this world? Are you super tired of the sin that is in? Sound like to me you're getting supercharged for a super rapture, for a super body chain, to go to a super heaven, to a super city, to be part of a super family. Oh, glory to God. Well, we will never die because of this power. Let me hurry. Right now it's Satan Trinity, see? Satan, the Antichrist spirit, the Antichrist spirit incarnate false prophet then becomes the beast. Not a demon, but Satan himself. He comes down when he's kicked out and takes the place where that demon was. So while the bride is still being worked on, do you understand this man no doubt is on the earth right now. I don't want to scare you too bad, but more than likely Elijah and Moses are here. 
Not in this building, I mean, but they're here. Who knows, whenever I was in Israel a couple of years ago, I might have walked by both of them on the street. I believe we're that close. And no doubt this man is here, but he's not yet where he needs to be. Why? He's waiting for an incarnation. It's kind of like a seed of God that can walk on the earth for a long, long time. And you wonder if you are, if you ain't. Oh, I can't make it. No, I can't. And all of a sudden, one day, you get the incarnation of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it takes away the questions and all that sort of thing. And you say, praise God, I know that I know that I know. I am one of his. I am redeemed. When there's a rapture, I'm part of it. I'm going because I'm part of the word. What happens? The Holy Ghost becomes incarnate in you. Notice he comes down and takes over the place where the demon was. Then the devil is incarnate in a man. Second seal. Now, but see, in the age after the church goes home, he becomes a beast. He becomes the devil incarnate, the red dragon himself. Can't you see what I mean? He's incarnate in his people. He must have saw this on Pentecost. He saw what God did in his heart. Tremendous. Tremendous. What an idea. So being a spirit, I can get in people. So he calls his hordes of demons together. Sends them in the fourth dimension. Some in the form of leukemia. Some in the form of cancer. Some in the form of gross and this and that and the other. And then he keeps some of them back. So they don't realm, deal so much in the realm of the physical, but they deal in the realm of spiritual. And one of the worst ones of them is a religious demon. And he will get inside people and they will read their Bible and they will cry and they will worship God and they will love God until you cross them. And you show them Acts 2.38 and then you see that good person that you thought was right just next to Gabriel or Michael. And you found out they wasn't even close to Michael or Gabriel. Why? That spirit in them raised up. Don't you understand? Intellectually, we can grasp this message. Oh, yes, I believe God sent a prophet. Oh, yes, I believe it's the truth. Amen, I believe every word. That's just being able to read. But when the Holy Ghost becomes incarnate, and us, it gives us a power. Maybe you couldn't say no to this or that or the other. But when that comes in, it ain't you saying no. It's him, it's the king from the throne saying, step back, son, I'll fight that addiction for you. Hallelujah. 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 Let me close. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped the image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with theon. Theon, our English word brimstone. Listen to the meaning of this word. Divine incense because burning brimstone was regarded as having power to purify and to ward off contagion 
So the purification process has started with the beast and the false prophet. Then another angel came down from heaven with a key to the bottomless pit. And he laid hold on that old serpent, the dragon and Satan. He's called many names. Old liar, old slew foot, old serpent. Same old sorry outfit, ain't he? And he cast him into the bottomless pit. Praise God. I know I won't be needed, but I do hope I'm in close vicinity so I can see that happen. I'd say some of you that ain't never shouted in your life will shout that. Oh, happy day, happy day. Notice, whenever he is thrown, he's not thrown into the lake of fire. The beast and the false prophet are not retrieved from the lake of fire to be judged. So Satan don't go to the lake of fire. He goes into the bottomless pit, and there he will stay. You imagine boredom? Can you imagine the boredom of being the devil himself and for thousands of years? Remember what he does when God asks him in the book of Job, where have you been? He said, oh, I've been walking up and down through the earth. He's a busybody. I mean, he walks from home to home, church to church, business to business, you know, just gets causing trouble just doing this and that and the other. And he's done it for thousands and thousands of years. And he's just going over here and going over there and doing this and that and the other. And then all of a sudden God said, uh, sit right there with a the dunce hat on and don't move. Can you imagine him sitting there in the bottomless pit? All these people up on earth that don't believe the Lord, he knows that. All these people on the earth that ain't never gonna serve God. And he can't do one thing. I like that idea. God bless you. Let's stand. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Think where we'd be tonight if it wasn't for the grace of God. You imagine St. Paul that at one time fought this word with all of his heart. Fought the people of God. He met the Lord Jesus that day and he said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus who you persecute. How was he doing that? In the form of the bride. You see, that's why the prophet tells us, bride, don't persecute bride. So you see people that are persecuting the bride and making it hard on the bride? No, no. Now we can all make mistakes, sure, but I'll tell you one thing, you ain't gonna stay in that state long. You're gonna repent and make that thing right. Come on, saints. You ever harmed somebody and you just felt so terrible and you just couldn't let it go, you had to make it right? Well, thank God you can do that. But you see, there are people on the earth who don't feel that. They feel a sense of accomplishment. Accomplishment. Lord God, let me die first. Let me go by the way of the grave before I'd ever persecute God's people. I want to help, don't you? God bless you. Let's bow our heads together. Praise the Lord. How many would just before we pray just raise your hand to the Lord, Lord, I want to be ready for that day. 
there's anything in my heart, anything in my life, Lord, that displeases you, show me. If there's anything I need to do, God, if I've persecuted any of your people, please forgive me. Everybody with me here tonight, I, I raise my hand to him. Oh, my, if I've done anything wrong to anyone, Lord, around the world, please forgive me. I don't never want to be a, a burden against your people, Lord. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads to the dust of the earth, from whence our bodies were taken. And we know one day, unless you change us, we will go back to the dust of the earth. But Father, whether we live or whether we are changed, we believe a way has been made that we can be prepared. Lord God, I ask for everyone here tonight, men, women, boys, girls, those that are streaming the service, my dear friend, Brother Robert Marrero, his saints up there streaming tonight. Different ones around the world, Father. May you go into every home, every church, wherever this is being watched. Dear Lord, may you visit us here at the Holiday Inn. Oh, Lord God, begin with me. Search me. Look at me, Lord. Look in my soul. Look in my makeup, my desires. Search everything about me. See if there's anything in me that displeases you. Any selfishness, any bitterness, any agenda that I have that would displease you, Lord. Help me, Father. Oh, Lord God. Not only me, but every brother, every sister here tonight. We know we're human and we make our mistakes. Father, a real daughter of God, a real son of God, with shamefacedness will arise out of the dust, rise up by the grace of God, ask for forgiveness, and say, I'm sorry, Lord. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have said that. Please forgive me, Lord. Oh, Jesus, may you come by this way tonight, Lord God. Help us, Father. We know your word tells us Little children, I write unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the perpetuation for our sins and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. You knew your children would fall short, but you knew they wouldn't stay short. You knew they would rise above their shortcoming and they'd repent and make it right. Begin with me tonight, Lord God. Search every young man, every young woman, every mother, every father, every deacon, every trustee, every preacher. Lord, just in a few more days, we'll begin a new year. I'm sure most of them can say like me, we never thought we'd ever see 2022, much less 2023. Here we are to another, that close to another year Lord God, help us to be ready. Lord, as I read it today and shared it with a few, Lord, sitting here tonight, that one of the main men from Russia said, if they lose the war with Ukraine, the United States will be turned to ashes. But Heavenly Father, we do not fear, for we have been given a word from you. Hallelujah, that before one bomb ever drops, the bride will be gone. Oh, Jesus, hide us, Lord.
Hide us under the covert of your wings, O Jehovah. Praise you tonight, Father. Would you mind laying your hand over on the person sitting by you if you wouldn't care? Let's just offer a word of prayer. They might not, they might not need to repent of anything, but maybe they got sickness in their body. Maybe they're discouraged or weary or just down. May I say, during this holiday time, for many of you, it's a happy time. You get to spend with your families and your friends. But let's not so enjoy our time with our families and friends that we forget those among us who've lost a loved one this year or last year or year before last and still dealing with that great loss. And holidays can be such a painful time for those who've lost a loved one. If God puts it on your heart, maybe you want to give someone a call or drop them a card or just let them know I'm praying for you during this time. May I say to you tonight as your pastor, those of you that has lost loved ones, and I know you're still dealing with some of the pain because I've talked to some of you just in the last few days, in the last few weeks. And that pain is still so heavy on your hearts. May the Lord God comfort you, my brothers, my sisters. May he help you through this holiday season because I know it can be so much more difficult for you. Don't be weary. It ain't going to be long. We're going to see them again. All of our loved ones that we've lost, oh my, over a hundred and something that I've buried since I've been here at Happy Valley Church years ago when I came here. Over a hundred and something people. Sister Barbara Whitson knows exactly how many there are. She's got a count of it all. But my goodness, how many we've already got waiting for us. I believe we're going to see them, don't you? Somebody told me the other day, said, Brother Donnie, none of my family in the message, or none of my family's in the message, and they don't believe the message. Who will I see? I said, well, you might see Brother Cecil Babb. You might see Brother Jim Babb. Because really, that is your new family. Right. Hallelujah. You might see Brother Daniel Nunley. You might see some of our sisters. You might see Sister Clark. She comes up through there shouting and praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, as we have our hands one over on the other tonight, Father. We're not praying for ourselves right now, but we're praying for each other. Lord, I don't have my hands on one, but I wish I could put my hands on every one of them. I love them, Jesus. They're my sheep that you've given me, and you've given me charge over them, and I, I worry over them, I fret over them. I worry over them, Lord, whenever I know that they're struggling. I worry over them whenever I see them losing some battles every now and then. I worry over them, Father, whenever I see that they're weary and down and lonely, blue. Lord God, but as a man, there's just so much I can do. So as their shepherd tonight, I bring them to the great shepherd. Sometimes I run out of words to say. I don't know what to say to them anymore. I hunt and search for the right things to encourage them. Sometimes I just don't know what to say no more. But I bring them before you tonight, great shepherd. And I lay them at your feet. And I come with them, Father. Bring encouragement tonight. Bring healing. Bring forgiveness. Bring deliverance. Bring healing. Some of them, Lord, tonight need a miracle. Maybe a miracle in their body. A miracle in their home. A miracle on their job. A miracle in their finances. You are the Jehovah of miracles. Lord God, I pray for each of them tonight, Father. May you come by this way, Lord God. 
Father, I know some of them are traveling here and there to visit their families or loved ones, some leaving tomorrow, some be, be gone the next day or two. I pray you'd watch over them, Lord. You see these temperatures that we're fixing to get, I know for Canadians maybe, and people in Alaska, it's not that bad for them, but for us, it's, it's very, very abnormal for us to have such temperatures. Father, I pray you'd watch over your children, would you? Dear God, watch over us, Lord, and keep us during these, these cold days that are coming. It ain't just us shivering in the cold, but the earth will be shivering too. She's groaning and crying for the day when it'll never hit 32 again. It'll never hit zero again. She'll never have the snow laying upon her breast. The leaves will never fall off the trees. The roses will never fade. Oh, Lord God, hasten the day, I pray. We worship you tonight, Father. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Can we just worship him a little bit before we go tonight, saints? Aren't you just so glad that you are saved tonight? Just to be saved and forgiven and know that the Lord Jesus has already tread the winepress of the wrath of God for you. So therefore, you will never be the grapes under his feet. And whenever he appears to you, he's not coming with vengeance, but in mercy. Don't you see, it's not even fitting for you to see him as a high priest with the sash around him and the symbolism of the blood. What bridegroom would want to meet his bride in that type of garments? The Lord Jesus must step as it was behind the curtain before he ever condescends and calls us into that dimension and bring on a change of garments and when the angels see him step out in his great kingly robes, they know today is your day. But him changing clothes is a sign you're fixing to. Praise God. We will put off these mortal bodies and put on new clothes. Immortal bodies. Thank God the wrinkles will fall out. Old age signs will totally disappear and will go back to being young men and young women, and we shall be changed by the power of God. Friend, this is not a Disney story. This is not some type of something made up in somebody's mind. This is God's promise to us as his children. Sing something for us, Harry. Let's just worship a little bit before we go. How many's got something to praise him for tonight? Anybody got at least one thing or two or three? I mean, million things? Yeah, me too. Let's just love him a little. You're going to have a few days off. and We'll be back, Lord willing, next Wednesday. They got a parking lot paved, thank the Lord. They got the striping done today, thank the Lord. And we've got to meet with the city on Thursday, uh, the main building guy from the city on Thursday. So remember that. Everything will go well. They're going to come in with their big magnifying glass looking for anything and everything they can find. So let's just pray that the Lord will move on our hearts and Give us a certificate of occupancy. That's what we want. That's what I want for my new body. It's called the Holy Ghost. So if you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got your certificate of occupancy for a new body. So when we get our certificate of occupancy, we'll be saying, Goodbye, Holiday Inn, goodbye. I've seen all the Holiday Inn I want to see. 
Things about this motel hold nothing for me. I ain't gonna worry about this room when I get to go. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. Let's sing it the right way now. It seems like everybody's talking about heaven. You wanna go along, you better be believing. I got a feeling someday soon to be leaving. If you wanna ride this train, you better not be sold. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. Oh, I've seen all this world I want to see. Things down here ain't got no chains on me. I'm not worried about the tribulation because I know He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. It seems like everybody's talking. Someday soon we'll be leaving. If you're gonna ride this train, you better not be slow. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. Seems like everything goes wrong. I just sit around and cry and sing sad songs then he whispers in my ear and lets me know he's ready to come i'm ready to go it seems like everybody's talking about heaven if you want to go along you better be Someday soon we'll leave it. If you're gonna ride this train, you better not be slow. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. Seems like everybody's talking about heaven. If you want to go along, you better be believing. I got a feeling someday soon we'll be leaving. If you're going to ride this train, you better not be slow. He's ready to come. Are you ready to go? He's ready to come. I'm ready to go Sometimes it seems like everything goes wrong I just sit around and cry and sing sad songs Then he whispers in my ear and lets me know He's ready to come, getting ready to go Everybody's talking about heaven If you want to go along 
gotta be believing. I got a feeling someday soon we'll be leaving. If you're gonna ride this train, you better not be slow. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go It seems like everybody's talking about heaven Lord, let's sing it, church Go along, you better be believing I got a feeling someday soon we'll be leaving If you want to ride this train, you better not be slow He's ready to come how many in this place is ready to go? Oh, he's ready to come. I'm ready to go. He's ready to come. I'm ready to go. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We worship you tonight, Father. Thank you for the service tonight, Lord. We bless your holy name, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Brother Darrell, maybe you can come and dismiss the saints by here. Love you in the Lord. Trust you'll have a nice time with your family and friends during this holiday time. May the Lord bring us back together. May God keep you during these days. Lord, will I'll see you next Wednesday night. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful God we serve that every promise of his word he'll keep. The things we heard about, he's going to do that. But the promises he made us, he's going to do that also. Isn't that wonderful? You know, today, uh, December the 21st, in 1981, I gave my heart to the Lord. <laughs> I've never regretted it for a moment. You know, when my mama was, my mama was dying of cancer, Radani made a mention tonight that people that die of cancer doesn't lose. And I remember my mama telling me, she'd say, Daryl, I may have cancer, but cancer does not have me. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a wonderful father. What a wonderful promise. Merry Christmas to you all. May his blessings rest upon you in the coming year. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful in our hearts, Lord. For all that you mean to us, Lord. And Lord, not just in the season of what the world would call Christmas time. But in our hearts, Lord, do we have the revelation as your prophet taught us that every day is Christmas. Lord, as we leave this building tonight and people going, Lord, to their homes and preparing for the 
for the season, Lord, and the gatherings. But Father, may we just take a moment, Lord, to slip out on the back porch or somewhere. I just thank you, Lord, for all that you mean to us and for all that you've given us, Father. And Lord, we want to thank you for a man of God like Brother Donnie, who, Lord, who preaches the truth. And even, Lord, if it strips the hide right off of us, we can leave here saying we've heard the truth. And we thank you for men of God like that, Lord. Lord, when we long for that day, we gather there at your table, Lord. Until then, may we labor with all that's within us. And may our vessels be surrendered to you, Lord, and those around us would see you, Lord. That's what a dying world needs, is to see Jesus. Go with your people now, Lord, I pray. And Father, if you can hear my humble prayer, may your spirit move upon those that are sick, Lord, and afflicted. And Lord, may each of them experience, as they would say, a Christmas miracle. May you touch their homes and their lives, their families, Lord. And as Brother Donnie has said, Lord, those with heavy hearts during the season, may you fill that empty place with more of your goodness and more of your revelation and more of your spirit, we pray. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us and for all that you've given us. And we ask, Lord, that you'd go with your people now. Give them travel and grace, Lord, and those that would be traveling the next few days in the coldness. God, may you just... Be with them, Lord. Take them safely to their appointed places, we pray. Thank you, Lord, for that old building down to Jonesboro, December the 21st, 1981, on a Sunday afternoon, when you met me there at that door and spoke to my heart. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for all that you've done for me and my family. And for my church family, for we ask these days in Jesus' name, for your glory. Amen and amen. God bless you, saints. May you go in the fear of the Lord. Sing us happy, brother. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you, saints. I was listening to Brother Ram today, and he said there's only one appropriate gift, and that's for you to give yourself to God. So let's, every day. I give myself away I give myself away So you can use me I give myself away I give myself away So
Yeah.